Hey, this is Politics Southern Style. My name is Chris. I am a Southerner. This is episode number six. It is Saturday, July the 1st. It's about 6.30 a.m. when I'm recording this, so if I sound a little bit tired or uh, like I'm trying to sound a little very wide and sexy, it's just because my voice is a little deep in the morning, I guess. Oh, so thank y'all for tuning in here or joining me today. I guess we don't really have to tune in anymore, do we? Not really a radio station. Uh, So today I want to talk about the war in Ukraine again. Uh, It's a pretty big deal. If you hadn't heard about it, uh, just turn on any news channel. I'm sure you'll, you'll hear something about it. What you'll hear will vary depending upon what channel you are listening to. And uh, so I've recently watched a short video with a, I think it's from a podcast called The Unheard. Uh, guy's name was David, the journalist's name was David Patra Karakas. And um, he was on the front lines in the Ukraine, show him, running into um, what they call the zero contact zone. So it's pretty much, you know, when they're fighting troops but at any rate he went there and he went into a a small trench bunker um you know covered and looked like it was straight out of like world war one trench warfare and uh so when they were leaving from in there i mean the guy he asked him what he's there doing he said kill the russians uh, killing russians so you know it just looks like young guys kind of gung-ho but these guys are doing like three days on, six days off. Um, like they're working a job. So they're in a war of attrition, it would seem, with a ginormous superpower. So it's probably not going to work out uh, for the Ukrainians. The frontline guys were complaining about not having weapons. So apparently there's a pretty big disconnect with what aid is being sent by us here in America and from other you know, countries around Europe. And I guess that's the way it, I guess it's intercepted by warlords to uh, bring back, uh, rest in peace, Phil Hartman. When he's talking uh, as Bill Clinton (laughs) on Saturday Night Live. So if any of y'all remember that, you're showing your age with me and you're showing that you like uh, a little comedy with your politics. So, yeah. This David Petrakis, Petrakonis guy, he was saying that um, Russia can't win the war, but he was saying that most of the guys that are coming, the, the guys that were there were complaining about the new people that are coming in did not volunteer for the war. They, they're they there because they have no choice. Uh, he said he saw soldiers from anywhere from the age of 18 to 60 um, said that the people on the front lines, they have to worry about them actually holding the line and not just abandoning their post because they aren't, you know, there by choice. So that they're micromanaging everything from, you know, right down to the man, evidently, to keep people on the front line. But, you know, you got 60-year-old soldiers, guys you can't keep on the line, guys that are working the shift not like the guys in the Battle of the Bulge that were stuck there freezing to death and all that fun stuff. Even though the 
The footage they were showing of the, him walking through the woods looked a lot like the stuff you saw in Band of Brothers, that party of Europe, but what was that, the Black Forest or something like that, I think it was, um, where the Battle of the Bulge was taking place, I forget. But, uh, yeah, so Max Blumenthal uh, was on The Gray Zone, who's, you know, he's a fantastic reporter. Uh, he was reporting on all the funding that we're sending to Ukraine. I think he went before the UN Council or something. I forget who he was speaking to exactly, but talking about all the money that's being unaccounted for that we're sending over there. Um, it's not actually getting to the soldiers on the ground and that we are, you know, you have people like Lindsey Graham saying that, you know, we're, Russians are dying and it's the best money we've ever spent. I mean, you have people saying things like this in the public, in the press. Um, if you think Putin is not paying attention to that kind of stuff, I think you're being naive. And uh, I think we lose sight very easily about what's really happening over there. And this is very close to a civil war. Uh, if it's not a civil war, I know we talk about Ukraine being a sovereign nation, but they haven't been a sovereign nation for very long. And the way they got there is pretty suspect with us funding them, trying to, you know, fund a war before. I mean, this war has been going on for like nine years. It didn't just start. It's kind of like World War II. We kind of sweep in at the end. And bomb the shit out of the Japs. Excuse my French. But I was trying to reference the way they spoke about it at the time. Um, so when you got people killing each other like that, that are, families are tied together and have been, you know, I, I did an episode talking about the history of Russia and Ukrainian area, that whole, that whole area, they've, They've been tied together for a thousand years, and Putin believes that they've been part of the same, you know, peoples since 988 AD. So, essentially what we have is a civil war, and my perspective comes from a working class family, uh, essentially poverty class family, um, for I don't know how long, how many generations, but my family has been very poor, and we're all from the South. And Civil War, those memories don't go away, like, overnight at all. <laughs> Talking about generational stuff that is passed down, even if you're not really aware of where it comes from when you're in the South. I don't, I can't, I don't know how it is for people that are from up North, um... You know, you have history is written by the victor and the South lost the war. You know, people in the South seem to, uh, I guess people like to try to remind us that we uh, lost the war in the South. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's well known amongst Southern, poor Southern families for sure. I, I don't know about rich ones. I didn't really ever associate with them. Wasn't so privileged as that, but a good example of how that kind of thing runs down generationally is I, you know, I got my first gun at the age of ten. Um, I got a single shot twenty-two, 
And the, the reason for me being given a gun at an early age like that, I got a, a 16-gauge pump shotgun on my 11th birthday. And this is not an unusual story in the South. Now, I wasn't, nobody set me up with a picture. Like I see these children on, people post these pictures with little tiny children sitting in front of a 50 caliber assault rifle and stuff, or, you know, 50 caliber, you know, long range, huge gun. And it's just absurd because they're virtue signaling their Second Amendment right. But, you know, most Southerners. Their children get guns at early ages because people in the South haven't forgot the Civil War. And people that are from up North don't understand that. I guess if you come from a privileged class and um, you're not from the South, then you wouldn't probably understand that people in the South still hold that grudge. And it's not because we're all racist. That's an easy way to dismiss people's thoughts um the ken burns documentary that he did on the civil war which is really really well done i thought uh the first time i saw that was probably about 20 years ago and um maybe a little more than that actually and i mean i was brought to tears on several occasions listening to the letters and stuff that were read um by soldiers and stuff in the war sending back home and um shelby foot who was was an historian in that program i think he's since passed away was uh talking about uh union soldiers were taking pow's confederates that they had captured and these these boys were you know wearing tatters <clears throat> you know outdated weaponry um, you know, half of them didn't have shoes on their feet and, uh, they were clearly poor and all that kind of thing. And this is, you know, Shelby Foote is, is telling the story and he said that the, uh, the union soldier asked him, what are y'all, what are y'all fighting for? Y'all are poor as dirt. Y'all don't even own slaves. And, uh, Confederate or rebel, let's remember rebel, you know, that's, that was the rebel flag. It was just about being a rebel to a lot of people in the South. Not that they hated black people. It's just about being a rebel. But you can't, you know, take away what, how it makes other people feel. So you got to let that stuff go, no matter what your thoughts are on it. You know, if it hurts people, you got to let that go. Um, but originally, it was called the Rebel Flag. <clears throat> they were the Rebel Forces, the Rebellion. You know. But that fellow looked at him and said, "We're fighting because you're here." You know, a lot of people forget that. So a lot of the people right now that are so for the Ukraine that talk about that, remember that those are the people that are, that feel like they're, they've been, in, well, they have been invaded by Putin, but the people in the South, in the United States during the Civil War felt like they had been invaded by the Union soldiers. Just so you all know, historically, that's what I've what I've read and listened to historians talk about. And so a lot of the people in the South were poor and they were fighting because they felt that they had been invaded, especially when you get towards the end of the war. You know? Wars are always started by people in you know, the aristocratic classes. I mean, you look at the, 
the Civil War in Russia with the aristocrats and the working, you know, class Bolshevik people. I mean, it's the working class against the wealthy. So the poor people are the ones that die and fight in the war, and that translates down through generational pain and suffering and, you know, causes divisions in families, which is what's going on over there right now. If you go online, you read some of these articles, well, you go down to the bottom, you listen to the, or read the comments, and you see people that are from there and stuff talking about, you know, it breaks my heart to see this stuff. I'm originally from there, you know, and have family on both sides. Doesn't that sound reminiscent to anyone? Brothers fighting brothers, as they say in the South, <clears throat> talking about the Civil War in the United States now. It's really easy to forget. You know, we sit here and the war is not touching us right now. Maybe financially, some of us are struggling as a result. But, you know, we aren't watching our brothers and sisters and moms dying in the street like they are in the Ukraine while we sit here and talk about, you know, oh, we're going to fund the Ukraine until Putin is out of office, until we get rid of Putin. It's like, what are you talking about? It's just not realistic. They are a superpower. He is not a banana republic, no matter how much people want to act like that. that I mean... I don't know where we're coming from. I mean, it's... Those who forget history are doomed to repeat it, y'all. And we have so much stuff going on here in this country with our own division. You know, we, the Supreme Court just did away with affirmative action. I'm sure that's really going to work out great for all the, uh, the minorities in the country. Sure, that's not going to help keep us divided, exactly what we want here, right? You got crazy people like Marjorie Taylor Greene talking about a national divorce. Well, that's called civil war, and I just, I don't, do people hear themselves speak? Are they listening to what they're talking about? I don't know that they are. It's, it's pretty bad. And there's so much rhetoric and just, People bandy about things and cast aspersions. You know, you get Bidenomics. Where? What is Bidenomics? I don't. Did they just make that up? They just decided to say that. I don't. I don't understand. He's talking about oh, the trickle down never trickled down to my dad's table. Well. <laughs> No kidding, man. What are you talking about? You're just bringing up... We, trickle down has never worked. Ask any working class person if it works. And, uh, you know, I'm sick to death of just bring it. Let's just keep rehashing the same stuff over and over. Let's never move forward. It doesn't mean forget the past. It's not what I'm saying. You know, if we can just stop bickering and fighting with each other, you know, you've got the role of religion in politics that keeps us separated. People use their moral superiority feeling. The role, of, you know, their ego plays a role in that. You know, the, the wanting to be right is tied directly to your ego, even if you don't think it is. 
I mean, ego is good. It, you know, I'm clearly I'm slightly delusional. I'm here trying. I'm in a bed. You know, I'm in a room by myself, surrounded by sound deadening stuff, talking to a microphone, hoping that I can connect with people in the outside world. Because I know there's got to be other people out there that feel the way I do about this and that, that see what's happening. I don't know. So. So there's no student loan forgiveness <clears throat> and no affirmative action for colleges or jobs, apparently. So I don't know how that's going to affect all that stuff. I can only assume negatively. I can only assume that we'll just continue to keep this stirred up and keep us hating each other. Um, so, you know. It's definitely, uh, you know, that's what we got going on. And, uh, you know, people are afraid to say any of this because they're afraid of being canceled. Um, I, I don't understand how we got to a place where the mob mentality is, is able to make people afraid to say what they think. And let's not forget that when you're afraid to say what you think, that is censoring your thoughts. Oh yeah, you can have them. Just don't you tell anybody about them. You know, I mean, what what are we what are we talking about? Are ideas more dangerous than the you know sharing of them? I don't I don't think they are. I think the not sharing of ideas is how you end up with all these uh, people going out and shooting mass shootings and stuff because they are not communicating with people. If they were actually communicating with the people in their lives, then maybe they wouldn't want to go kill a bunch of random people. They would understand the value of a life maybe more. I, you know, they were talking about the war over there on the front line in Ukraine, and they were coming through those woods, man. And the dude pointed out, and he, the reporter guy looked up, the uh, David Pat, Petra Caracas. David, David Petra. Caracos, I think that's a Greek name, but um, he was uh, sounded very English. Um, anyway, the uh, soldier pointed out into the trees, and they look up, and it's a it's a it's a drone going through the trees, just zipping through the trees. Looked like it was straight out of uh, Star Wars when they're uh, when they're in those trees and stuff in the Pacific Northwest, I guess, uh, in uh, Return of the Jedi. It's this little drone just comes zipping through the trees at them. So they, you know, they spy on each other with drones and then send back the coordinates. And then uh, he was in another room at one point on the way back before he was getting ready to leave from there. I guess this was after he got off the zero point contact, whatever. And uh, the guy's like, oh, come in, come in. You're going to see some real war now. And he comes into a room and they have all these screens and stuff. And you got two guys doing coordinates. And then there's guys on the screen and they are trying to blow up a Russian tank with a drone. <laughs> and he said it was so much like a video game, it was wild. So that's that's wild, man. I don't know if that kind of stuff plays a role in what these kids, uh, they sit and they play those video games like that so long, they're like, oh, I want to I wanna be on the front line now. I've been behind the thing. I don't know. I think it's just not being treated, you know, guns not being treated with the respect they deserve. Um, like I say, I see these pictures of politicians posting pictures with the AR-15s. And so what are you doing? That, those machines are meant to kill people. And you're up there 
you know, Woody Guthrie's machine was, you know, killed fascist. And, um, you know, that's more my speed. And if you don't know what that machine was, it was a guitar. And uh, shout out to Woody Guthrie. <laughs> as, my, uh, as Killer Mike would say, God bless the dead, man. Uh, not that I'm religious, but he just he kept saying that, and I just thought that was pretty funny. He was on Joe Rogan's podcast. I was listening to Killer Mike on there, and uh, if you don't know who he is, he's a MC, uh, an activist uh, from Atlanta. Well, he's not from Atlanta, but I think I think I don't know if he's from Atlanta, but he's definitely a Georgia fella. Anyway, smart as can be, and uh, cool cat. Uh, anyway. I just want to talk about that, you know. Let's not forget that Civil War, those memories run deep. It's generational. When you sit and talk about the Ukraine, just know what you're talking about over there. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in or listening, joining me on this journey. And, um, yeah, man, subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Maybe together we can uh, make a difference in this world. Stop uh, hating on each other and spread some love. And uh, as always, remember, question authority. <laughs>